Ladies and gentlemen, here's In the Spotlight with Shirley Lin. Hello there. You've just tuned into In the Spotlight. I'm Shirley Lin, and I'm really delighted to be speaking with Jonathan Ha, who is the CEO of Seneca ESG. And uh, apparently, the company's only been two years, but uh, he's got um, companies, you know, headquarters in. Singapore, um, in Shanghai, and here in Taiwan. Is it more? <laughs> that's it for now. Oh, wow, but we, uh, we do have plans to expand beyond that quite soon. Wow, that's already amazing. Two years, and you've got three offices already. Yeah, we, we're moving very quickly. You know, it is yeah. a very nascent space and evolving at a very rapid clip. But we're very excited to be a part of it. All right. Now you are Taiwanese. Your parents are from Taiwan, but you were born in the states. That's right. Um, what did you study? I studied computer engineering and economics undergrad. So I was at University of Pennsylvania, and my major was computer engineering. Had a minor in economics. So then, what's the first thing you did after you graduated? Right after I graduated, I went to New York City. Bright lights, big city. You know, is one of the things that I, you know, I had imagined, you know, all throughout college, to to go to after I graduated. I see. And what did you do? I was in consulting. You know, so、uh-huh. one of the great things to go into if you have no idea what you want to be doing next. <laughs> okay, so, but consulting in what particular field? So it was actually covering a couple different fields. One was financial services. So I worked closely for large banks, large asset managers. Another one was telecommunications. So I worked for a couple of telco telco companies in the south, and the other was.、Um, Manufacturing, you know, so I had quite a broad set of experiences across different sectors, which was quite interesting. For sure, you started、uh, your own company right after you graduated. Oh no, no! So I was working in consulting for twelve years actually before I left and started my first company. And when was that? That was in two thousand fifteen in Shanghai, actually. So you graduated from Pennsylvania, was it? You Penn, that's right. Okay, and then and then you went to New York. And then you spend what, like two years? I no, was in, a year. I was、Just、in New York for six years, actually. Oh, six years. Doing、okay. consulting. Oh, okay. Working for banks, working for telcos, working for manufacturing companies, and following that, I went to business school. So I went back to California, which is where I was born and raised. And you know, I just, I just miss the sun. You know, I had been out <laughs> in the East Coast cold winters for. Nine, ten years already, and and just really wanted to get back to some sunny weather. Yeah.、Uh, so I I went to Berkeley for my MBA. Oh. Okay. Spent two years back in the back in the Bay Area. Following that, I was working in operations consulting, so working for defense contractors, working for U.S.、Um, agencies as well, and that was quite interesting.、Um, and following that, you know, I, I came to Asia. You know,、uh-huh. so I was. In China, for the better part of the last eleven years, and started out also doing consulting, which is pretty much the only thing I knew how to do at the time. And after having spent five, six years doing consulting again, primarily for financial services companies that are looking to expand their footprint in China, I started my first company. So my first company is called Red Pulse, and we do big data analytics on financial markets in Greater China. And what happened to that one? It was eventually acquired by another okay, company. Okay, wow. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, you've done a lot in the few years after college. 
that's incredible how much you've accomplished. I mean, it, it seems like you already had a lot of idea of what you wanted to do uh, even before graduating because you just kind of went boom, 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 one after the other. Don't you think? Well, and you've traveled pretty much like halfway around the earth. Right. I <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I love exploring new cultures, new locations, just constantly learning. You know, I, I think one of the most exciting things about being in business and, and starting your own company is just constantly learning, you know, and, and what better way to learn than to go to different cultures, different cities, different countries and, and see how they do their business. Amazing. Well, you know, you were saying how you were in the East Coast for like six years and you just you missed the sun. I, I can relate to that because I was in Boston for 10 years and I could never get used to the cold and the snow and the ice and everything for all those 10 years, like every winter, it was like really unbearable. Don't get me wrong, I love Boston, but you know, it's the winter that's really harsh. So you traveled around and so now you decided to come to Asia. You first went to China. Yeah, you were there for, you said 11 years? That's right, I was in mainland China for 11 years. Wow, okay, what do you think about China compared to Taiwan? Yeah, I think the size of the market is is an obvious oh, difference. Of course. Um, so you know, one of the really uh, exciting things about China is is how quickly it's growing. You know, how how much it's grown already, and mm -hmm. how quickly it is still going to grow. And I think for any sector um, that you're interested in, uh, you have a lot of opportunities to to contribute to that growth. Agree, agree. It seems like you got a good basis. You know, good foundation set in China for 11 years, why decide to come to Taiwan? Couldn't have put it better myself. You know, one of the key reasons was to seek out my roots. Um, so my my family actually uh, all originated from mainland China. Oh, but okay. my father and mother, they were born and raised here in Taiwan. Uh, so it was interesting to reconnect, uh, get reconnected with my extended relatives here. And then also just to experience Taiwan a little bit more than just a weekend at a time, which was by and large the experience that I've had previous to, to coming here, to moving here mm. uh, about a year ago. And apart from that, you know, it, I, I do have to, you know, make mention of COVID, you know, so COVID mm. obviously really threw a wrench into things. And um, yeah, it's been, it's been difficult from a business perspective, you know, to have to manage, you know, in, in, in the time of COVID, right? And so I came to Taiwan, and one of the silver linings, of course, is number one, being able to reconnect with my roots, and number two, to explore Taiwan as a market for my business. So I've been quite happy to be able to have this opportunity to start building out our presence here in Taiwan for mm. our sustainability business. So you left China when we were in, like, in the midst of COVID, like when it was pretty serious. Is that the reason why you left China? You kind of felt like... It wasn't too safe over there? No, it's it's actually pretty stable over there. Um, mm. I left China uh, middle of last year to see my parents because I hadn't seen them in close to two years. Mm. So I went to California and unfortunately, you know, because of COVID, it's been difficult to get back in and, and because of um, because of quarantine measures, it's 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 a bit you know difficult logistically uh, to, to manage around that. So, so far, you know, I've been here in Taiwan, you know, I've been pretty lucky to have the opportunity to come here and then to manage my team remotely you know so I have a team in Shanghai team in right. Taipei and quite soon I'm going to be heading down to Singapore to further expand out our team in Singapore oh okay wait so you mean like you you were actually thinking about like you visit your parents in California and you were going to want to go back to China but you couldn't 
because that's, of quarantine. So then you kind of just like switched direction and came to Taiwan. Yeah, you, that's right. Oh. You know, it, it, it is possible to go back to China, but um, right now, you know, I think the the logistics surrounding that, you know, it makes it a little bit more challenging. And you know, uh, came to Taiwan instead, and so far, so good. You're listening to In the Spotlight with Shirley Lin. I'm speaking with Jonathan Ha, the CEO of Seneca ESG. Okay, you've got these three offices, and actually, how many people are there in each of the office? We have close to twenty-five now in All Shanghai. Together. Oh, 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 in Shanghai, twenty-five. Right. Okay, and that's big. And we have three people here in Taipei, so yeah. smaller, you could say, satellite office here. Yeah. And Singapore. Uh, so far, we don't have any headcount just yet, but we do have a company entity already set up and looking to start hiring. By the end of this year. Oh, I see. And it's also someone from Taiwan who's there, kind of like overseeing everything right now in Singapore. Oh no, not yet. Uh, so uh, no, I'll, I'll be the one. Uh, I'll oh, be the one to oh. to head over and and you know establish our our physical presence there. Maybe let's talk about what is ESG. Yeah, I mean, I've been trying to understand on my own by researching and everything, but it's still kind of hard. Yeah, it is, and and I think that's one of the challenges that we all face, actually. You know, the fact that ESG. While it is um, very commonly, you know, heard and spoken about these days, a lot of people can't just really put their finger on what exactly does it mean, right? And right. it's one of the things that I think the entire industry is grappling with. And so, when you go to the basics, ESG as an acronym essentially just stands for Environmental, Social, and Governance. And the way that I view it is, it is a natural evolution from what we used to call CSR. So corporate social responsibility, right. right? And so this this has been a concept for quite some some time now, and companies have, for the last decade or two, even have been looking at ways to further showcase, you know, that they are socially responsible, right? Mm-hmm. And so CSR reports, which is primarily the way in which companies have been sharing, you know, their their practices. Have really been more of a voluntary uh, sort of practice, and it's really up to the companies to decide what information, to what extent, you know, that they share via the CSR reports. So the way that I view ESG as a natural progression from that is that ESG is is more prescriptive in terms of what information is being asked for. And what information is being disclosed by these companies? So, no longer, you know, is it true that a company can sort of pick and choose what stories they want to share through their CSR reports? You know, things such as however many uh, volunteer hours our employees right, have, how many uh, uh, beach cleaning, beach activities. cleanups, <laughs> right, and and how many trees we've planted right. or or sponsored, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is all great, you yeah, know, not yeah, yeah. not to take away anything from 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 those things, you know. Right. I think I think those are fantastic initiatives, but if we want to get serious about ESG and how to improve as uh, a society, you know, and, and really encouraging corporate behavior to improve, we need to have a more structured approach. And I think that's what ESG is. And the other element that makes ESG different is that it goes beyond just the social. So as you noticed, CSR stands for corporate social mm-hmm. responsibility, whereas mm-hmm. ESG stands for environmental mm-hmm. social. 
and governance. So there's these additional elements of E and G that have been added into the mix that is quite important to recognize. Mm-hmm. Um, it is true that the initial conversation starter for a lot of companies is to focus on the E part and mm-hmm. specifically climate, greenhouse mm-hmm. gas emissions, carbon, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that is such a hot button topic nowadays and for good reason because a lot of scientists are now saying the biggest challenge that humanity faces right now is the prospect of climate change mm-hmm. and worsening climate change. So for corporate behavior, one of the key elements that governments are focused on initially is how to combat climate change. And that's through measurement and improvement of carbon emissions, you know, eventually arriving at carbon neutral. Um, But the elements of social, of governance, they're actually quite important as well. So it it falls overall under this umbrella concept of sustainability and sustainability, Mm -hmm. not just from an environmental perspective, but sustainability in terms of how you treat people, how you treat your employees, how you treat the community surrounding you, and also sustainability from a business perspective. You know, are you actually managing your company in a fair and transparent and compliant way so that it has the prospect of lasting not just the next 10 years, but the next 100 years? Mm. You know, so that's the G aspect of ESG. Wow, this is really serious. And I'm thinking like, which country, maybe United States, that's really doing a good job on ESG so far out of all the countries around the world? I don't know. Well, generally speaking, the consensus is that Europe, the okay. EU, has been quite progressive, um, enacting new policy and also educating the market and encouraging and incentivizing better behavior from corporates when it comes to sustainability and ESG. The US is a complex market, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I think there's a lot of moving parts. There's policymakers, there's government organizations, um, there's think tanks, there's corporates. And and so there's so many different uh, stakeholders, and it can be quite difficult to really achieve consensus, you know, in in Mm -hmm. that sort of environment. Um, But then in the EU, um, they've just really had a a pretty strong reputation for being a bit early, actually, and, and being the ones to spearhead a lot of these initiatives when it comes to understanding exactly what is the challenge when it comes to climate change, when it comes to sustainability, and coming up with some solutions, you know, that that people can can rally around. So, you know, I think um, globally, people recognize how progressive the EU has been when it Mm. comes to ESG and sustainability. And and they've been looking to them as as a as a leader of sorts, you know, and, and to try out some of these new policies before potentially localizing them to local markets. That's Jonathan Ha, the CEO of Seneca ESG. And we're going to learn more from John next week about what else his company does. For In the Spotlight, I'm Shirley Lin.